there's smoke, there's fire, and where there's fire, well, there's usually smoke. As I noted at the top of the show, smoke from the General Assembly is sometimes fiery. 2014 session hasn't cleared entirely. In fact, as we tape this discussion, the final gavel has yet to fall, but visibility is good enough to be able to draw some broad conclusions about this year's winners and losers. Joining me to assess the past two and a half months are House Speaker Brian Bosma, Republican from Indianapolis, Democratic Representative Craig Battles of Vincennes, sitting in for the ailing House Minority Leader, Senate President Pro Tem David Long, a Republican from Fort Wayne, and Senate Minority Leader Tim Lannon, a Democrat from Anderson. Thank you all. I know it, the hours have been long and in terms of business, not sleep necessarily. As we look back at the session to the extent we can, uh, well, I wonder how this session will be remembered. You know, you think back uh, about sessions. 89 was known for the lottery, uh, passage of the lottery bill. 93 was uh, casino riverboats. Uh, 2005, how could we forget, was daylight saving time. <laughs> how will the, uh, the historians say, oh, yeah, I remember 2014. That was the session of fill in the blank. Well, I'll tell you, there are two historic items that are taking place that haven't received a lot of attention yet. I think by the end of the day today, we're going to approve the first ever pre-K program, pilot program, uh, a very substantial one between 10 and $15 million for uh, serving up to 3,000 low-income families in the state. First step into that arena for the state. The second thing is... It's a little smaller than what had been proposed. No, right? no. Actually, larger than had been proposed. So we talked about $7 million at the start. It, with private funds, it's going to be $15 million targeted on the poorest kids, poorest families that I think can benefit from this uh, the most. Uh, the second item that's really not been uh, on the headline yet is I think by the end of the day today, we're going to be uh, proposing or, or uh, finalizing and uh, passing a proposal that's going to end up putting uh, over $2 billion of road construction on Indiana's highways uh, within the next year, some of it starting immediately. With uh, the appropriation of $400 million, which we're, uh, we're talking about, it's going to be an 80-20 match with federal funds, possibly 90-10 uh, for some of that. So we're talking two, maybe $2.2 billion of construction Overall, on Indiana. Overall, in terms of leveraging federal Absolutely. funds. But in terms of what you're con the purse strings you're controlling, million million, million, which is what the governor wanted and why I know you wanted in, in terms it's of your agenda. One of our five priorities, so we're, we're going to hit on all of those. Major government reduction program. Uh, uh, job creation and workforce development. I, it's, we've, we've done exactly what we had said we were going to do. And with the Senate's help, we're going to have the largest corporate, uh, lowest corporate, second lowest corporate income tax uh, in the nation. So I, I think it's going to be From very 6 successful. 6.5% currently down eventually to 4.9. 4 do you think that has a good ring to it? 2014 <laughs> is the session of road construction and pre-K education. I would say this is the session of lost opportunities. Uh, House Democrats reiterated three major points that we wanted to talk about from the, out, from the very beginning. We wanted to worry about the middle class, make sure that they improved. We've got one out of five girls in, living in poverty in Indiana. One out of six, the CDC says, will either be raped or sexually assaulted in their teens. We've got the largest and a growing gap between women and men's income and we see Hoosiers across the state that in the income gap compared to the nation uh, getting larger and larger. We're being able to spend less. And if you look at what we've done for the middle class, we've done very, very little. We said that we were about public education, improving public education. And although I will give a tip of the hat to the pre-K program that I think is a wonderful thing that I've advocated for years, we've got to remember that we're going to take those poorest of the poor kids in pre-K 
And then in the state of Indiana, we don't even require those kids to go to kindergarten. And on top of that, if they do, we are going to half fund them. Uh, we count kindergarten, whether it's full day, half day, we count them as a half A student. So we fully fund a half a student in kindergarten. And then last, we said that we wanted to make sure to stay away from divisive issues. Uh, with HGR3, we clearly embroiled ourselves in that. We essentially sucked all the air out of the chamber for a little more than half of the session. And this was the same-sex marriage the same, uh, the debate, the which same for sex those marriage who uh, may not know the, recall the legislative number. And, and frankly, uh, by sucking the air out of the chamber, we, we lost a lot of focus. I lost a lot of focus and maybe lost some of the things and lost some of that compromise that, that frankly, we should have. And fortunately, we are beginning to refocus in the last few days. Two very distinct <laughs> viewpoints. Uh, <laughs> President Pro Tem, David Long, uh, I won't ask you to break the tie because I think I could predict to which <laughs> side you'd say, but how will this session uh, go down? Is it is I presume you're going to say closer to the first uh, assessment you heard than the second? Well, first of all, I mean, we're very capable of dealing with multiple subjects. Uh, we've had a lot of big issues in front of us uh, through the year, in the last decade, and we've managed to get uh, everything done. And this is just one of those typical years. A lot of attention drawn in the first half on the same-sex marriage issue, but tremendous issues uh, moving forward the entire time coming to fruition now at the end of the day very typical session in that sense but with some big big ideas getting passed and as the speaker said uh, they're the big four in my eyes uh, with the, the tax cut which is going to be very significant. You only had the big two but now well, you're going oh, to see us two and raise them <laughs> too. Well you know we can count higher in the Senate right? No but it, seriously <laughs> seriously no. Uh, I, the speaker did mention three out of the four. Uh, the tax cut is significant. I mean when you look at the federal tax, uh, the income tax, uh, corporate tax in, uh, you know, in this country is the highest in the world. You add any state's uh, uh, corporate tax on top of that, uh, and it's a disincentive to come to this state. For us to go from 24th in the country down to second when the time we're done with this is significant in terms of attracting jobs and businesses here. Indiana's done a great job of attracting international investment, um, and it, it employs a lot of Hoosiers here today in good-paying jobs. This will help us maintain that and maybe even increase the momentum. The uh, one thing that uh, we didn't talk about is the criminal law reform, which is going on, which is very significant as well. I think uh, we're putting, we're going to put the bad guys in jail. The nonviolent, low-level offenders uh, are going to be treated more at home in community corrections programs. It should save money, and it will also, I think, effectively deal with people who really do need to have their addictions dealt with effectively. Instead of throwing them in jail and throwing away the key, as we've been doing, I think we're going to deal with it more effectively. Should save money, but there are there are those who would say, "Hey, where do the where do the funds come well, from?" We have in the terms funds. of local operations that would be used to operate uh, the sort of new new model of of the sure, correctional system, which would be well, more. Uh, we uh, we are based. we are uh, putting uh, at least up to 11 million to start with in the program. We'll have next year to focus. It doesn't kick in until July 1st of 2015 for most of it, and uh, in the long run. Quietly, that will have a major impact, I think, on Hoosiers. You put the pre-K in with that, uh, as well as the road funding, and uh, that's a pretty big session for a two-month session. I think a lot of accomplishments. We'll look back and feel pretty good about it. Uh, let me, and Tim Lannan will be there momentarily, but I do want to ask you about HGR3. It was brought up by, by your uh, counterparts here across, across the aisle or the carpet, I, as, it, as it were. You know, where... <laughs> If this comes, well, it will come back, of course, presumably, uh, because two successive independently elected General Assemblies have to deal with the issue. You both were very supportive. You voiced support. Uh, and then 
but we could spend the whole show talking about the machinations. But let me ask the, the simple well, question: just, Are you two prepared? Are you two prepared to back this to the hilt uh, next next time you have this opportunity? But let's cut to the quick on this issue. Democracy prevailed here. I had two goals on this. One was that the entire House could vote on it. That's why the machinations. So one person, literally one person, who switched to vote didn't kill it in committee, but all Hoosiers were represented uh, and had through their representative and had the opportunity to vote on it. And two. Everybody vote your conscience. This is a matter of conscience. For some people, it's a matter of morality. Some, it's a matter of civil rights. Some, it's a matter of religious belief. So democracy prevailed here. And <clears throat> I, it isn't how I wanted it to turn out, but I'm okay with it. And we'll go through the democratic process again. And if Hoosiers want this to happen, but of course, there's federal courts have now intervened, as some predicted, uh, even since uh, the session started. So um, I'm... I'm not making any predictions on it, and uh, you know I'd like to see it enacted. That's one person's opinion. Well, Jay Long again. I'll ask you yeah. the same question: How much political capital are you willing to invest next time around? Well, I don't know. This political capital. I think the issue is going to be simplified. It's going to be just about right. do you support or not support traditional marriage? Uh, only the first the sentence. Second of the, sen two the second sentence was amendments. second sentence was confusing. It was unnecessary, and I think it was a mistake to ever have it in there. Uh, I will. S I agree with the, with Brian though that uh, this is likely going to go to the United States Supreme Court very soon. We've got a bushel basket full of different state laws uh, that have been attacked in the federal courts and found unconstitutional. That's going to head to the Supreme Court. They're going to find one of two things: either that traditional marriage uh, laws violate the Fourteenth Amendment of the United States Constitution, that all marriages, whatever, whatever kind, are should be treated equally, or they're going to say it's a state by state decision. And if it's the latter, if it's state by state then what we're doing here in Indiana has great significance. If, in fact, the rule of the 14th Amendment makes all marriage the same, then what we do is irrelevant. So Tim Landon, you have, proved, you have proved to be a patient man, which I guess comes from being in these, what's the opposite of supermajority, super minority in the, in the yes. Senate. Good things come to those who wait. So have, have <laughs> at it, have at it. Well, let, let me address this issue of the HJR, because you started out by asking what will history, to the extent that history judges anything the General Assembly, Assembly does, uh, the fact that we uh, defeated, if you will, delayed at least, putting the HJR on the ballot this fall will be what is remembered. Uh, the uh, pre-K education as well, because that's a good start for us, and that was our number one priority of our caucus, so we're very pleased with that. But what's happening here is that Hoosiers are saying uh, no to this very bad idea that both the Speaker and the Pro Tem apparently think should move forward in the state of Indiana. And my prediction is, is that if the proponents of this uh, proposition to place discrimination into our Constitution want to go forward and jam this down the throat of the, of the people, uh, my prediction is that in 2016, if it's on the ballot, it'll be defeated anyway, if, in fact, the courts don't strike it down as being in violation of the United States Constitution. So really, your, your, your question's a good one, because history is playing out. In, 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 this, in this particular case. And what's happening is, happening here in the state of Indiana, I think it's something which we're seeing happen across the nation, but, but I think it's good that's happening in Indiana, that uh, the sentiments of the public are playing out at large here. And there's a rejection of this idea that it's unnecessary, that it's unwise, and that it's unfair. Uh, people are starting to realize this really is a matter of civil, basic civil rights. We have a law already, whether you agree or disagree with that. And uh, if it's unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional. Placing it into the, to the 
a state constitution really is a meaningful act, is a meaningless act, because the courts are going to rule on this eventually anyway, and I predict strike it down. Sounds like the makings of a political commercial or two or three or four. I, I know you guys have been busy with the session. I hate to tell you, there's an election <laughs> season coming up in November. You guys probably haven't even remembered yeah, oh, that. That's right. Is this going to be, uh, again, I, I, I know we have a lot of issues to cover. Is this right. going to be, did uh, we just hear the... Uh, well, the the uh, prelude to the yeah. to the campaign message. That you know, I think people have a right to say, "What are you doing down there? Are you spending your time working on these divisive social issues, or are you doing the things that really are the the problems that Indiana face? The fact that we are 40th or 41st worst in the nation when it comes to per capita income. The fact that our overall state of health in in the uh, state of Indiana is not very good as well. Those are factors we need to really take care of and to get businesses to come here and to look at quality of life. Hanging out the, the uh, sign that you're not welcome to the state of Indiana is not a very good way to get businesses to come to the state of Indiana. I'm just going to wrap up with this is not going to be a political issue in the campaigns. I really don't believe it is. Uh, there are almost no primaries filed over this, although people said, oh, they were going to be everywhere. And people are concerned about jobs, education, they're concerned about having roads for the crossroads of America, and that's what we've done this session, despite the media and minority spotlight on this one single issue. So the vast majority of our time has been bipartisan. We don't say that often enough. I bet 95% of what we've done this session is has been bipartisan. We've reorganized our uh, study committee process, a really major reorganization. The four leaders are carrying that bill. It's going to pass unanimously. We've done a lot of bipartisan positive things here. I've been in the minority for a long time also, and you've got to cast stones at things, but this has been a good session. This issue received a lot of media attention. It did not suck the, uh, the air out of the policy room because we're going to get a lot of good policy done this session. And I know you, you did place a premium, both of you, on the notion of bipartisanship and the committee structures and so forth. Did it work? Did you feel, feel included? Oh, come on now, Craig. To be honest. <laughs> Look him in the eyes. Be Listen. honest. To a certain extent, yes, uh, but to a certain extent, no. Uh, clearly, there's one thing. There is hearing and there's listening, and they're two different things. I think we always were more courted and treated cordially, and I think we were always given the chance and the opportunity uh, respectfully to disagree. But at the end of the day, as a Democrat, I realize we don't have all the right answers, and I would hope the Republicans would understand they don't either. And I think too often, uh, even though they were listening to what we said, they didn't hear and necessarily include what we thought could actually take a good idea that they may have had that could have made it better. So I think that's an area that, uh, that we can always do better in and should do better in. And David Long, there's always the, there's a lot of dynamics, the stating the obvious in the General Assembly during a session. You've got the Republican, Democratic uh, tussle. You have the, the House versus the Senate. You also, of course, have... Uh, the governor's office, uh, who uh, the governor oftentimes will put forth an agenda, uh, at least articulate an agenda, uh, happens to share your party affiliation. How has that gone this session in terms of Mike Pence's involvement? Uh, is it, has it been helpful? Has it been harmful? Has it, uh, he's been very active in the last uh, few weeks, but I have heard other lawmakers, <coughs> including Republicans, say that the, so he refers to guardrails that he put up. Some of the guardrails either weren't clear or maybe shifted sometimes. Uh, uh, those well, were not their words. I, that's the governor, my characterization. The governor put some big ideas out there. I think the maturity of any governor is shows in how do you do the next year and the year after that. And I think Governor Pence has grown. Uh, and this year, I think he's, he, uh, he's more comfortable working with the legislature. 
Brian and I are down there every week. We've worked through a lot of the policy issues together the last few weeks with our fiscal people down there. We've hashed out our differences, and he's worked well with us and been accepting of some of the things that can and can't be done. And that's a, that's a good process. It's good to see your governor grow. He's growing in the job. He's doing a good job. Um, we, uh, we have a good working relationship there. So I think overall it's been a very positive uh, year for the governor as well. And I think some of his big agenda items that he, he's uh, fought for are going to come to fruition. And and he really did turn up the, the visibility or the heat. Uh, certainly he and his wife were out talking about the, the pre-K instruction, sure. the, the, the funding for roads. Has that, was that helpful in the well, final I'll hours? Say, I'll say this in, 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 uh, for in Brian's sake. Brian's been pushing this issue for a while as sort of the, the strong Republican voice on it. The governor has joined forces there. Our caucus it is not unsupportive of it, but we're concerned about the fiscal on it, and it is significant, and we have to recognize that. This, uh, what we're proposing this year is a, is a pilot, and we're also going to have a blue ribbon study of it, uh, with the, finding what the best practices are, what has worked and has worked, because some states have found real failures in this, and that's a genuine problem. We want to make sure if we do this, we do it right, and I think, uh, I think we're dedicated to that idea, the governor is, and all of us in this room want to see that if we're going to do this, we want to do it right. And we're going to make sure that we don't do the imprudent fiscal approach on this, which is to end up spending $300 million a year we don't have before we know what we're doing. You and know, so I, I think this approach is the right way to go. I would, I would salute the governor in terms of early childhood. Uh, that was our number one priority for, priority for our caucus. And here, uh, uh, I would say as far as the Senate Republicans, belatedly, but, but you know, better late than never, they are on board as well. So I salute them in that regards. In many other areas, I think the, the governor... Um, unfortunately was a little bit too slow to act. And I, I, I did appreciate his effort on early childhood ed towards the end, but uh, I know he's still learning, but I think in some ways, some of the ideas he put out there early, uh, we had to spend some time trying to really figure out exactly how we, how we could do anything on them. For example, the personal property tax uh, phase out. My gosh, that was a billion dollar impact, further impact of local uh, government. And it just really didn't get traction. And there, apparently they were going to do some things here as we end up session, but um, you know it's hard for me to say that I think the governor showed a lot of strong leadership in this this session. I mean, and I, I wish he would, but I can't say that that was exactly the case. You know, there's several issues that are going to study committees. That seem to be there are always study committees, but there's some particularly high profile ones that will be studied this summer. Uh, for folks who want to get their front row seats early, what, where, what's the smart ticket? What, what's the, what are you going to be watching this summer closely, or warrants co uh, coverage? Sure. I, I think the most crucial one uh, will be over taxation. Uh, truthfully, we've had a policy, it seems like, of throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. Uh, we've dealt with a lot of anecdotal stories, but very, very few uh, actual strong studies. Uh, I think before we start looking at tax policy, we need to have a clear plan. We need to have a clear vision. And I think that starts with a serious study committee. And uh, frankly, we may have got the cart before the horse with what we're doing here uh, and may have should have done that first. In the, and and that, that is one crucial I thing I think will be important for the state. Unfortunately, I'm getting the signal that we have to uh, adjourn our version of Sine Die for this discussion. Obviously, so much more to be said. Uh, and I do appreciate the, the, your willingness to come here during a very busy time, uh, crunch time, to share your observations and insights on the, on the session. I appreciate it. Again, my guests have been House Speaker Brian Bosma, Republican from Indianapolis, Democratic Representative Craig Battles of Vincennes, Senate President Pro Tem David Long, a Republican from Fort Wayne, and Senate Ma Minority Leader Tim Lannon, a Democrat from Anderson.